Welcome to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking for a quirky spin on business. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, CPA and profitability coach. I'm a longtime vegan, Gen Xer, cat mom, drag queen enthusiast, and collector of weird dolls and lunchboxes. If you want kick-ass information that includes zany commentary and a dab of woo-woo, then you've come to the right place. I want to help you build a business based on your passion and authentic voice. Are you ready to take control of your finances so you can earn, keep, and grow the money you deserve? If you're a solo entrepreneur that isn't afraid to do things scrappy, then roll up your sleeves and let's get the balance right. Hello and welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, CPA and profitability coach. Today we are talking about one of my favorite topics, podcasting. Yay! Since you're listening to a podcast, I think it's safe to assume that you enjoy them as well. Unless somebody is forcing you to listen to this. I'm hoping that you chose to listen to this. Welcome, welcome. As entrepreneurs, we have several media options to promote our business. Podcast guesting has become an increasingly viable solution for exposure in our current world. Not only is it cost-effective, but it can get us in front of the right target market and allow us a platform to showcase our expertise. We've talked about the power of podcast guesting a few times on this show, namely, way back in the archives, episode number five, you gotta dig deep with Julie Fry. We love us some Julie Fry. We discussed leveraging podcast appearances to build your brand. Then, more recently, in episode 66 with Kathleen Gage, we love Kathleen Gage, the focus was on using podcasting to grow your business. If you haven't heard either of those, uh, please check them out next, and there are links in the show notes. Okay, so after you've been a podcast guest, uh, the next step is to have your own podcast. Doesn't it seem like everybody and their uncle is starting a podcast these days? I'll bet your grandma may be getting in on the action. I think mine is, and she's like six feet under. Well, perhaps you have a podcast too, or you're on the verge of starting one. Once you go all in on podcasting, you soon realize, Jesus, this is a lot of work. It's as though you've created a second job for yourself, except this one probably doesn't pay the bills. I absolutely love podcasting. One of the biggest reasons is that it can provide the opportunity to meet intelligent and talented people. Oh my God, I love this. When you get into podcasting, doors will open for you. People you'd probably never be able to have an in-depth conversation, let alone even meet, are willing to give you 45 minutes of their time. Uninterrupted. In episode 29, I had the honor of interviewing Todd Churches about his new book, Visual Leadership. Two days later, he was interviewed by Dory Clark. Why he agreed to do my show, I have no idea. But we had a really great conversation, and you can listen to it, episode 29. And then in episode 40, I had on 
Fernando Angulo, the head of communications at SEMrush. The crazy thing is that his people reached out to me. I was like, what? From that interaction with Fernando Angulo, I met people at SEMrush. And the people that I met at SEMrush introduced me to Jason Bernard. This is a crazy thing. That interview led to this. It's episode number 50. And here's the thing. He was super nice. He lives in France. We did it all through Zoom. And he just happens to be the world's top expert on brand SERP. And it turned out he was in a punk rock band. We had a lot to talk about. Now, if you don't know the term brand SERP, then go back and listen to that episode. I didn't even know what brand SERP was until he agreed to be on my show. I was like, I don't know what brand SERP is. I educated myself. And after hearing my description of brand SERP, Jason Bernard gave me the loveliest compliment and told me of all the podcasts and TV shows that he had been on, my explanation of brand SERP was the best. I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, 100%. I was like, yeah, you're joking. He's like, no, 100%. Okay, I'm not bragging. I was so scared that I'd botch up that description that I did a bunch of research and then carefully chose my words. This leads me to one of my top, top reasons why I love podcasting. And that is it expands my mind. You do podcasting, it is going to make you smarter. Guarantee it. It allows you the opportunity to ask questions about things that you're curious about and have no experience with while picking the brain of an expert. In some ways, being a podcast host can be better than going to college or doing on-the-job training because you can really hone in on the stuff that matters. And you'll expose yourself to things you never knew existed. Case in point, brand SERP. Another great thing about podcasting is that it teaches you to be disciplined with your creativity. If your show is a weekly podcast like mine, you must be creative even when you don't necessarily feel inspired. Like, you have to just sit down and bang this stuff out. You learn to be creative under the pressure of a deadline. It really kind of reminds me of when I was studying fashion design. I wasn't going to college for fashion, except now my brain is way older. And this mandatory creativity keeps the old gray matter agile. To keep a podcast on a regular cadence means that you have an ongoing deadline that sometimes feels like a race to the end. Now, some people batch, they do things ahead of time, uh, yada, yada, yada. Ugh, I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm oftentimes racing for the finish line. If you're doing that, it can be physically and mentally exhausting. Oh my God. You should see me Monday nights before my podcast comes out on Tuesday. I'm usually like up pretty late. My husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like putting the finishing touches and getting my podcast out. But you know what? I keep doing it because I adore it. I don't think that you'll last very long without passion for the medium. It's definitely a labor of love. 
A lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, okay, check back with me in a couple of months and tell me how it's going. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's not just like putting on a microphone and talking to it. So besides all the work of recording the podcast, there are many other time-consuming tasks, such as contacting guests, researching topics, editing sound, writing show notes, building web pages and blog posts, posting on social media. Ugh, it goes on, right? So regardless of how much you love, love, love the process, there comes a time when you'll probably need to seek out help, unless you're like the guy from Limitless. I don't think most of us are. Editors are often the first ones podcasters hire or a copywriter that can assist with show notes or social media that sort of thing. But like I said, podcasting may appear easy. And hey, the barrier of entry is far lower than radio. But once you get into podcasting, you realize there are many moving parts. If you want to be organized and meet your committed deadline, the whole process has to be managed. You can have the most kick-ass Excel spreadsheet or whiteboard containing your workflow with all the arrows and the sticky notes. But sometimes you just need a human to put that stuff into action. This brings us to our topic for today, podcast management. Our guest, Lauren Wrighton, is an expert on this subject. In fact, she started and maintains a training program for podcast managers. And has a very niche podcast on the topic with the appropriate title, The Podcast Manager Show. Not only is Lauren highly respected in her field, but she also has a giant welcoming smile and a big heart. I think this is really super cool, and I forgot to mention this during our interview. She currently donates 10% of her profits to Feeding America. So good. I love that. Whether you currently have a podcast or are considering starting one, we discuss the various aspects of production and who you can hire to properly handle those tasks. And if you've dreamt about working on a podcast behind the scenes, well, we cover that too. We even discuss how you can turn podcast production into a profitable side hustle. Yes, and you can do it in your spare time, 20 hours a week, and have regular income. So put a pin in that. If you're interested in side hustling, we get back to that later. I met Lauren at She Podcasts. I met a lot of people at She Podcasts. Lauren was one of them. She was hosting a meetup for folks that are in the podcast production space. Well, since I'm the main person producing my podcast, I went to the meetup. and. You know what I recommend for everyone out there? Go to meetups, meet people. Don't be afraid that you don't know anybody. Just show up, start talking. People are at meetups to meet people. It's not weird if you go up to people and just start talking to them. It's a meetup. I'm so glad that I went to this meetup. I walked up to her. I said, hello. She had that welcoming smile. And it turned out she knew two people that I knew that trained with her that I knew from podcasting. And since then, I've met other people who have trained with her. Podcasting, it turns out, is kind of a small world. But 
If you're interested in podcasting, whether it's behind the mic or behind the scenes, I think you'll find her podcast full of great information. I love it. I think it's great. And I think she's adorable. If you have been thinking about podcasting, I have a great resource in the show notes provided by Buzzsprout. Now, I use Buzzsprout as my podcasting host provider. There's other ones out there. I like the name Buzzsprout. I like their colors. I thought their vibe was cool. And I chose them. And I'm so glad that it did because the platform is straightforward to use and it's very affordable. And I met the folks from Buzzsprout at She Podcasts at a meetup. Lovely people. They were great. They gave me a free t-shirt. Now, Buzzsprout has great features, such as dynamic content, which you can swap out at the beginning and the end of the show, which like, when you listen to this one, I probably did like some kind of spiel about something. And uh, if you listen to this another time, it'll have a different spiel in front of it because I swap them out. At the end of the show, you'll probably hear a spiel about me telling you to, hey, can you like and subscribe to this podcast? Uh, eventually, I might change that one out, but that's what it says now. So anyways, that's the dynamic part that I'm talking about. All right. They also offer magic mastering. It's magical. Magic mastering, which makes the recording sound better. Have you ever listened to a podcast where one section was super loud and then another part was really difficult to hear because it was recorded so softly and you're like turning the volume up and down like every time someone speaks? Well, their magic mastering fixes that. So when you upload your podcast, it does the magic mastering. You pay a little extra for it. It's totally worth it. If you like to try Buzzsprout, please check out my affiliate link in the show notes. Yes, I have an affiliate link. And you can start for free. And after your second paid invoice, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card. So you can get almost two months for free with their basic plan if you count the $20 gift card towards it. Or you know what? You can just use the $20 gift card to like buy podcasting equipment on Amazon, whatever you want to do. Plus, you know, when you use my affiliate link, you know what? You're helping out the show. So use the affiliate link. Don't use Pat Flint's affiliate link. Use my affiliate link. Okay. Before we dive into the interview, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it already, join my Facebook group called Get the Balance Right. Ah, hey, this is the name of the podcast. Who'd have thunk? Also, be sure to check out in the show notes for upcoming free meetups that I have, workshops hosted by me, all the things. I'd love to hang out with you and learn about your business. I want to help you. So go to that Facebook page. And here, I, I just want to say this. Being an entrepreneur can be a lonely road. Please don't do the entrepreneurship on your own. In fact, Let's hang out, find me on Instagram, send me a DM, let's be pals. All right, let's get on with this interview. Here is my discussion about podcast production with a lovely and sweet and smart and successful Lauren Wrighton from the Podcast Manager Show. Lauren Wrighton, welcome to Get the Balance Right Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I met you at She Podcasts. You were having a meetup for podcast production 
I didn't know you were even the person that was hosting that meetup until we started talking. And it turns out you know people that I know that manage podcasts. So small world, I guess it's podcasting. Tell us about this company that you have helping to train people produce podcasts. What is this mm-hmm. about? Tell us. Found podcast management when it really wasn't a thing yet. My story, like many, it's a, a windy path, but I started a podcast with a friend back in 2016. And I taught myself how to edit. It was this hobby podcast. She has now taken under her own wing. I stopped being co-host many years ago, but that's when I first got into podcasting and I loved the production side to it. And I was like, you know what? I don't really want to be behind the mic anymore. I just want to learn all of this behind the scenes stuff. I knew that podcast editing must be a thing, must be a career. So I got on Upwork and found a client. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I, I mean, I barely knew how to edit probably, but I definitely didn't know any sort of thing about client management or pricing my services. And oh gosh, I was such a newbie, but that's how we get started, right? I I ended up quitting because I didn't think it was going to work out, found the virtual assistant world and realized, oh, they know what to do. I took a virtual assistant course, took all of that stuff that I learned, paired it with my podcast editing skills. This was in early 2018. So then podcasting was kind of ramping up, just been an, an incline for the past I don't know, five years, it was kind of the perfect moment that I thought, oh, wow, I can I can really offer kind of like the VA services plus podcast editing to help someone manage and run their show. So I started that towards the end of 2018. And my virtual assistant friends were like, hey, how do you know how to do this? Like, what, what is this world? Because it really wasn't, like I said, it wasn't quite a thing. People were doing it. I wasn't the first person to do it, <laughs> but it just wasn't really a known service in the online service provider space. So that's how my course got started was just helping my virtual assistant friends learn some of these skills. And it's just kind of grown ever since then, which I started the course in early 2019. Oh, okay. So right when the pandemic was like, probably that's when it seems like a lot of people got into podcasting. They probably had a lot of time on their hands and thought, "Hmm, maybe I might try to dabble in podcast production. Even I want to ask you about you have in your background. I, I looked you up on LinkedIn. You have a science background and you have been trained as fitness trainer doesn't, you know, seem like <laughs> the, the path to podcasting. So that's interesting. So the people that are you're training now to be podcast managers, they don't necessarily have to come from the podcasting world even to start this, right? Right. Yes. Yes. I'm a living, breathing example. And I love hearing where my students come from, like what their careers were, what their college background was, because it's all over the map. And really, I find that the people that come from maybe radio or have like an audio engineering degree, they get really more in their head about offering this as a service because they see it in more professional light and they just have a couple more hangups than maybe someone that's like, hey, I'm just going to give this a whirl. I'm going to go for this. But yeah, my degree is in biology. I didn't end up wanting to use my degree. I just right out of college got a position in fitness, essentially corporate fitness. Then my first podcast was about fitness. So there was the tie there. But since then, I have exited the fitness world. It has evolved into something else. And I've evolved into really just focusing on podcasting. Nice. And the people that you've been training, 
is this primarily like a side hustle that they could do or do they go into it eventually full time? And maybe I'm making an assumption, but if you kind of got into this as a side hustle, it could be regular work that you could count on because if a podcast has a regular cadence, you could count on that money. Is that kind of the case? Right. Yeah. And I actually love that about podcast management because there's other services you can offer like web design or or what have you, where it's one-off projects. And so you're always looking for a new client. They all have their positives and their negatives. But with podcast management, like you said, people that start a podcast, they're in it for, I don't know, a year or more. They, that's just the mindset around podcasting is like, I'm not just like trying this out in January. I'm not just like trying this out for a month. So they are they're already committed to a longer time frame, especially if they're hiring someone to help them. Not that anything's a guarantee, but it just definitely leans towards more of a longer relationship with a client, which is a lot easier on freelancers than they don't have a ton of turnover. Uh, the tasks remain the same because when it comes down to it, podcast production can become a really oiled machine, but there's a lot going on, especially for one person to do all of it. The podcaster, if they're really good behind the mic, then it could be likely that they don't love doing all the behind the scenes stuff. Although it, like I said, it remains the same and it's pretty easy to manage when you enjoy doing it. And a lot of podcasters are DIYers. So they get into it, they get the equipment, they're the ones editing probably in the beginning. I mean, unless there's some big fancy company or something, but they're in there and they're doing all the things. And at some point they probably realize like myself, like, Hey, this is taking up a lot of my time. I should farm out some of this stuff. So when a podcaster gets to that point where they're like, okay, especially if they have a business behind their podcast, so they have actually some revenue that they can throw at this, what is it that a podcast manager can do? Can you farm out like different tasks? Like, do you have a separate editor? Do you have someone writing show notes or does some of these producers do all of the things? We can talk about like the difference between like a podcast producer, a podcast manager, a podcast well, editor. There's a lot of terms yeah. that of course there's overlap and stuff. So a podcast manager really comes in with that management perspective of, I want to be able to handle quote unquote everything for you so that you don't have to have a separate person doing many things. Because if you have an editor, someone doing your social media, and even like a virtual assistant helping you, just having all those hands in the pot can add a level of complexity to the weekly process of releasing an episode. So a podcast manager in the beginning of their career as a podcast manager, they're likely doing everything. There are some podcast managers that are like, I'm, I'm not editing period, end of story, <laughs> but I still want to do this. So they have an editor on their team. But in the beginning, it's it's likely that they are editing, they're writing show notes, they're uploading, scheduling, updating social media graphics, doing that Jill of all trades type of approach. And then as they kind of grow their business, then they could bring on people to help them. They find out what they're really good at. They can bring on people to help them as an editor and stuff. But the general approach as a podcast manager is you only have to hire me to to get the job done. Oh, I like this idea because right now I'm still managing it. I have a, an editor who I love, but I'm still primarily the manager because then I have my VA working on the show notes and the social media. So this manager would be almost like a project manager mm -hmm. over the whole thing. Oh, okay. I like this idea. Okay. So then, so there's the the manager, then the producer is the producer one doing the editing and stuff. Explain that one. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarities between podcast producer and podcast manager. 
in the podcasting world, people are like, I don't know the difference. And so we just kind of made it up along the way. <laughs> but a podcast producer, in my opinion, has more of a creative role, a creative direction. So maybe they're giving you tips before you record. They're saying, hey, let's take this direction with this episode. They're working with you. You're the quote unquote talent as the host, and they're helping you to kind of see the general creative vision of the show. And then they could also be doing the editing and all of that stuff. They have more of a hand in the production of it. That's how I see it. So there's a lot of podcast managers that are like, I like that term better. I want to go with producer. And they call themselves a producer and I'm fine with that. (laughs) But podcast editor is obviously someone who does the editing and that's it usually. Okay. And then you might even have a copywriter that's writing the show notes, possibly under the Mm -hmm. manager. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. And a producer... Do they sometimes, will they actually like contact the the guest and do anything like that? Is that also kind of included in that description? Yeah. Even the manager, one of the services that a podcast manager will provide is guest management. So they'll pitch guests for you. They'll contact them. They'll schedule them. They'll get their bio and their headshot and all that stuff. So that's definitely considered a podcast management service. Maybe the podcast producer would go a step further and write out interview questions like, oh, I've really researched this guest. This is a really cool direction we can go with the interview. It just kind of comes down to the host. Like, do they have a lot of that creative vision or do they like that input? Because if they appreciate that input and they kind of just want to show up, then it can be a, a good pairing for someone who brings that skill as the producer to the table. Nice. This is really great. So it's almost like you could get a package deal from somebody that, depending on what their offers are. So when you train people, what are the different areas that you're training them in that we would identify when we go out to find a producer or a manager? I mean, are you thinking about like doing the snippets and like all the parts? What are the different intricacies that you teach? We teach editing, uploading, scheduling, which is pretty straightforward, writing show descriptions, writing show notes. When I say show notes, I mean like a blog post that has all the links of the show. We teach social media graphics, creating audiograms, helping your client develop different social media graphics. And then we also teach how to launch, which is obviously a huge service in itself. And then growth, some growth strategies, because that's one of the things that I think really plays a, a big role in who in an editor and with a manager, because an editor might just be someone who doesn't know that management exists. <laughs> that's because that's who I was. So you have an editor, maybe they're interested in doing other tasks for you. But some editors are like, I don't want to have the responsibility of growth because that's a thing. So podcast managers are like, we, I have my hands in the different pieces so I can really help you grow the show. I didn't mention the guest management. So the guest management in the front end, maybe sending assets the day the episode goes live, a manager likely helps with that. So for people that are podcasting, they're doing the DIY thing and they're kind of on a limited budget. They're trying to monetize their podcast or maybe they have a business already and the podcast is just there to market the the business. What is kind of the ballpark costs associated with trying to bring on somebody new? I mean, I guess it would depend on the length of your podcast and how many tasks that you'd want. But what's kind of the range that you can imagine somebody that's doing these tasks? What can you expect? So I would say a minimum is like 500. Okay. And that would be for editing and probably show notes and someone that's kind of newer. That would be 
kind of a minimum. And then with management, it can go up to definitely a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, depending on what's kind of included. So it kind of can just go up to whatever number you all the stuff that you want done. I get that making that investment in someone to help you can be intimidating. And a lot of people think that the first hire has to be the editor. And it doesn't necessarily need to be an editor because a lot of people have a some DIYers have a really hard time letting go of the editing. They want all the creative control, which I totally get. And it took me a while to release that as well because I love the editing piece of it. So I would say if you are looking to outsource something, outsource the thing that is so energy draining for you that you clearly are like, this is not a talent of mine. Outsource that and, and maybe something else to get started. And then the more you get help, you're like, okay, I can do this. It's great to have someone else's input and you can you can start to give more stuff over. And when you were mentioning 500, 1,000, is that per show or is that per month? Per month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's per more month. doable. <laughs> right. Right. Per month, four episodes a month. So if okay. you had, even if you had less episodes being released a month, then the price would go down. So, so yeah. And just dependent on, on, like you said, how long the episodes are and some other variables. But yeah, that definitely gives you an idea. And this VA training that you were talking about, I know I've never even heard of this before. So if someone was interested in doing podcast management, it sounds like you've adapted your training so that you have that piece, that VA piece in the training. How long does it take someone to go through your training? So my training's about 12 hours of content. You can get through it in like a weekend if you wanted to like binge listen to just get all the information. But there's three steps. And the first step is all about the skills. You're going through learning those skills, which takes obviously takes practice. This in the second part, you're starting to get experience because that's one of the biggest things that holds people back is I, I learn these skills, but I don't have a lot of experience. And so we have a process where our students will send us an example of their editing, an example of their writing, an example of their uh, social media graphics, so we can give them feedback and we can give them kind of that confidence boost that a lot of them are looking for. Like, hey, I need my stamp of approval. Maybe I'm coming from corporate. Or, you know, I've just never done this before. Like someone needs to tell me that I'm doing okay. So we give p- feedback on those things. And then the third section is about landing clients, getting yourself out there, marketing yourself, creating a proposal, all those good things. And in the beginning, do people kind of have to like uh, volunteer their time towards a podcast and just to get some clients under their belt? And then after that, how do they find clients? Is it just from networking or is it going to Podfest or like how how do you how do you find clients like this? Earlier you asked, I don't think I even responded to this on like, are a lot of people doing this as a side hustle? Yeah, so yeah. Yes. A lot of people are, are doing this as a side hustle. And a majority of the people that I attract and that are in my my group want to do this part-time because they're either moms, because that's that's my background, or they are want to travel. They don't want to do this 40 hours a week. So when I talk to them, a lot of them are doing this 20, 30 hours a week. So they could scale it to 40 or more. It's not really attractive to them as a lifestyle. There were some good, there was some good representation of podcast service providers at She Podcast, but a lot of them aren't doing a lot of live events for networking because like I said, they're kind of doing this part-time. They're trying to ramp this up. Maybe they're managing a a full-time job still. So a lot of networking and client finding is happening on social media, of course, and networking with other service providers because we're also in this virtual assistant world. And social media is huge. Even tastefully cold pitching 
people that influencers or, or what have you, they're like, this person needs a show that has been effective when done correctly, of course, then referrals, you have to, you have to get a client to get a referral, but referrals are, are huge in this space. And is there any type of personality that is more drawn to this? I mean, again, it's a kind of behind the mic. So, I mean, it could be an introvert, but I mean, I'm an extrovert and I love editing and doing all that kind of stuff. So is there any skills that you need or type personality type for starting this? Yeah, I do think a lot of introverts are attracted to this. People that love podcasts immediately are attracted to this, right? They're like, oh, wait, this is a job. So I think you do really have to enjoy podcasts. I actually had someone that said like, I've never listened to a podcast. Like, should I look into your course? And I'm like, listen to a podcast first. Decide if you like it, because this is kind of a cornerstone to this. I actually have kind of have surveyed a lot of people on, do you need to be detail oriented to excel at this role? Because I myself am very much of a big picture thinker, futuristic. I don't like spending a lot of time on stuff. I'm not that detail oriented. And I love editing. And that's very kind of counterintuitive. So I've talked to a lot of people about this. And I think it's because editing is so creative. And I really love music and conversation and learning. So I think that even if you don't find yourself to be very detail-oriented or like you like to like edit things by nature, you may enjoy doing this because there's just a very creative piece to it. And you get to listen to new episodes every single week. So there's an element of it that is the same every single week and there's an element that changes. So I think that's kind of a a cool piece of it that you can get good at it because it's the same, but you're always kind of learning something new. Yeah. And it seems like if you're doing the same, then you can actually train others to do that and have them work under you. And you could really scale this business if you're doing this kind of kind of model. Very cool. One of the things that people struggle with is obviously trying to get people to listen to their podcast, finding their audience growing their show. What is one little nugget that you can give us about strategizing a podcast? And it could be in any area. My go-to always for this is get your audience to talk back to you. So no matter how big your audience is, let's say that you have 10 downloads an episode. You're probably feeling crappy about that because that's the sad part of podcast. If we don't have 10,000 listeners an episode, we're like, oh my gosh, my podcast isn't even good. Yes. It, it, it can very well be good and you might not be getting a lot of downloads. So even if you have 10 downloads in an episode, are those people talking to you? And if they aren't talking to you yet, how can you get them to talk to you? Because when it comes down to it, if you can get feedback from them, you can move the show in the direction that's going to be appealing to them and still be true to your message and stuff. But if no one's talking to you, even if your numbers are increasing, you're just kind of talking into the space in front of you. And so I think doing any sort of strategy you can think of, whether it's send me a DM on what you thought about the show, write a review for the show, just any way that you can get them to talk to you, a giveaway, you can bribe them to talk to you, <laughs> just any way that you can get them to give you feedback, because then you can you can get that feedback, you grow the show in that direction, and you can learn more about your listener. That is so key. Okay. So it's almost like market research. So you're taking these people that is your small group, they're kind of like your focus group, and then you're asking them, maybe what they like about the show, what they don't like, but you have to actually engage with them first to even get that response from them. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's very great advice. Awesome. So I do want to talk about the fact that you have a podcast. So you said that you are now behind the mic. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
in front of the mic. You're in front of the mic and behind the mic. Wait a minute. What is this? Both. You're both. You're like both in front and behind the mic. So tell us about your podcast. I, I think also I want to add that your podcast is not only really great for people who want to do podcast production, but for podcasters to listen to for great tips as well. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. So yes, now I'm back in front of the mic <laughs> or in behind the mic. I have my own show. It's called the Podcast Manager Show. And it is so niched and I love it for that reason. So it is designed, like you said, for podcast managers, to, for strategies for their clients, different strategies on landing clients, client expectations, all that stuff, their skills. So everything podcasting from the from the perspective of a podcast manager. And your show is always so fun to listen to. And like your big smile, you can hear it in your voice. It's training, but it's really fun too at the same time. And you've got a lot of really good information in there. How do people work with you? How, how do they find you? Where are you on the socials and all of that? Yes. So if they're interested in becoming a podcast manager and they're like, this is the first time I've heard of this, or maybe I'm a podcast editor. I want to know more about this. Uh, they can go to my masterclass, which is all about how to become a podcast manager without having an experience working less than 20 hours a week. We cover all of that in my free masterclass, which is at laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass. Awesome. Okay. We'll have all of that in the show notes. And I do want to ask you one other thing that I completely forgot to ask you earlier, and that was, what are some tools that you like? There's so much technology out there. There's different microphones, headphones, but then there's wonderful editing technology as well. What are some of your top favorites right now? There's so many services and new things that are always coming out. I'm kind of in the camp of when I find something that works, I don't change. So I'm not like a tech lover who's always changing and trying something new. I kind of have to do that for my students. But for the most part, I'm like, nope, I have a mic that works. I'm not going to get a new mic. <laughs> I don't get distracted with like the new shiny objects. So for editing, I use Audacity still, which is a free service. If, if anyone hasn't heard of that, it's at audacityteam.org. So I still use Audacity to edit uh, and produce anything that I'm producing nowadays. I love Trello for project management. So anyone that has like a bunch of post-it notes for their show, if you need a place to put your thoughts, I love Trello. And then and probably my other service I would have to mention would be Canva, which I think most people have heard about. Maybe not though. And that's where you can create graphics, especially if you aren't a graphic designer. I would definitely check out Canva. Awesome. Okay. So those are great, three great tools that you can use. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. This has been so great. Hope you've inspired some people to try out podcast production, podcast management as either a side hustle or a full-time gig because I think it's needed. Podcast is really growing. Do you have any idea how many podcasts are out there now? Oh my gosh. I've heard crazy numbers and then you hear like, oh, but half of them aren't active. And one thing I'm looking forward to in the coming years is better podcasting statistics. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. 